Dear to self and Seamus Crimmins, you are two former students of the Loyola Institute in Trinity College, Dublin. You did the MPhil in theology in 2019 to 2021. So I want to ask you about it. And Deirdre, I'll go to you first. Why did you want to do an MPhil at this stage in your life in tender years that you might want to give us a rough area of what that was on? <laughs> Right, OK. I had worked before with the Jesuits. My career was in human resources and I was aware of the institute being set up. And I'd always an interest in going back and doing further studies. And then I'd lived abroad for two periods of my life, one in Indonesia, in a Hindu island. And then the second period was more recently a seven year stint where I was commuting back and forth from an Islamic country, where obviously the discussion around religion would come up and I just really felt as a mature adult, particularly when Irish society was changing, it was harder to articulate why you believed or what sustained your belief. So to some degree, I wanted to pursue that, as well as Trinity being a beautiful campus. And I had a great interest in the illuminated manuscripts. So the whole lot came together. And that's what prompted me to apply. And Seamus, you were RTE, am I right? Yes, I, I was in broadcasting for many years But I suppose that my two passions were really broadcasting and music, because I worked in the music department as a producer and editor of FM3 and then head of Lyric FM uh, in the beginning and then director of the orchestras. My career has been intertwined between broadcasting and music for decades and decades. But I didn't leave time, really, for any depth of thought. I was so busy producing concerts and broadcasts and so on, and loving it, absolutely loving it, that I I suddenly found myself, once I had left RTE in 2013, and doing some freelance work, with time to think about, you know, where, where I'm going, what is this all about? You know, these kind of big, these fundamental questions about life. And especially, as Deirdre says, in given the superficiality of contemporary life and disenchantment with politics and disenchantment with a lot of institutions around us. And you're beginning to think, what fires me? You know, where am I centred in life? So I did uh, a course in 2016, I think it was, and that excited my interest. And then I went to see um, Dr Ryan at Loyola Institute and I suddenly found that there was a welcome there, you know, if I wanted to pursue the MPhil. And that sort of excited me a lot to think that I could do it because I have no postgrad. I have a primary degree in music and, and a, well, a postgrad in music, but nothing I said that. And that's one of the great things about this course mm-hmm. that you can actually go in having really not had any hugely intensive formal training in theology. I mean, obviously, you have to be passionate about it and, and passionately curious to think about it. But I think it is wonderful to think that people of my age and Deirdre's age can consider embarking on something of that intensity. Yeah, Um, and the difficulty maybe studying, you think your memory isn't going to... Yes, I mean, critically, there's no, it's not by exam. I think that was a very important element for us, that that it was mostly by research. And assessments, did you do? Oh, yes. um, Yes, I think we've about eight modules to go through altogether, if I'm correct. Four in the first semester and four in the second. So... What's really interesting is that they almost present a sort of smorgasbord with each of the modules. You know, there's one, for example, in classical texts. So you encounter some of the big names that you'd expect to, you know, Aquinas, Augustine, and some more modern theologians. That's what you present within the lectures. And then you have to decide on one that you're going to pursue and do an assignment on it. And that's when the real digging starts. You're reading your research. So you have to submit each of the papers you're required to and achieve a particular grade in it. And they're submitted um, by computer 
at the end, then you have an assignment to do for the masters. You do an assignment and it's of a certain length and depth of research and it's very formally presented. So do you get help with that formal presentation? Because if you've been out of the system, it can be difficult to write an academic paper with footnotes and so on. That's right. Well, one of the very interesting things I found in Trinity was that once you enrol for a postgraduate degree, the dean invites you to, if you like, an introductory week. There's sort of an introductory period. And so there's lectures nearly every day and they're really helpful, particularly the library staff are really helpful. They introduce you to a system called EndNote. Now, it's particularly difficult if people have Apple computers. I'd recommend getting a non-Apple computer if you're going to do that. But the library staff are introduced to you and all the various systems, including their Blackboard system where you have to submit stuff through. So, yeah, when I was in college, we didn't operate through computer. So that was a big learning and I think learning for quite a few of the class. Now, having said that, we're, we were 17 in the class. And in fact, there were more guys than girls. There were about five nationalities and most of them were, were a bit younger and quite a few had come through and in fact are now going on and doing their PhD studies. So it was a very mixed group, but certainly the submission and things you, you are given advice on and assistance. So that's fine. What kind of topics? Deirdre mentioned classical texts, Augustine, mm. Aquinas, people like that. What other things did you particularly like? Well, the module on theology and the arts really interested me uh, because that's my heartbeat, really. And I haven't seen that in other places. So, you know, that was an additional prompt, I would say. But also, you know... that include a visit to the Book of Kells at Deirdre was I? we had that. And we just had our eyes open to... There were three basic strands, literature, music and visual arts. I mean, fine art. There was a lot of relationships there between the course object theology, but its intersections with other disciplines. And and I think that was one of the things that interests me a lot, where, where theology intersects with society, uh, be it through contemporary writings like uh, theological texts by preeminent, you know, 20th century writers, for example. And suddenly you find yourself gravitating towards certain ones that are, they speak to you in a particular kind, a particularly strong way. I did my dissertation on Rowan Williams, former Archbishop of Canterbury. Uh, He's just somebody I find myself drawn to because of, well, huge honesty, but huge intellect. And he's a poet, you know, and, and in many ways, theology, there's there is poetry in theology. We used to hear that from our lecturers, that there is an expressiveness and there is a use of language, which is of a particularly, I think it's a captivating and elevated nature. So you want to know more and you want to probe and you want to begin to understand or reason with these great texts and see if you can find a way of connecting them to your own life. I think that's yeah, that's an interesting one, connecting it to your own life as well. Deirdre, did you do that? I mean, you said you wanted some kind of a grounding also for how do I stand in the marketplace and defend a fa- my faith or a belief in God even in, you know, in a secular age. Did that happen for you? And also what module did you choose? Yeah, I mean, there was the range that you would expect. For example, Christology was a very big and compulsory unit and there was one in early Bible studies, which was interesting. Funny, the early church was a module which connected with the illumination manuscripts, but in fact, many of the class really liked that module because it sort of exploded a lot of the myths. Some of them got really enthusiastic about Patrick and so on. I started off thinking I would do the module on the arts. That would be something I would gravitate towards. But in fact, through the other modules, I actually began to shift my focus on my interest. There was one beautiful module which was on violence and grace in the human mind and it was really interesting on um, we touched on the period when we were actually during COVID so violence and grace and hope 
the role of hope in the in life was was really well explored. That was really interesting. But from the exploration of some of some theologians that we'd done on one of the courses, the more modern ones, there was a lovely Catherine Lacuna who covered the Trinity. I segued slightly, and I actually became interested in the challenge of ministry in the modern world, the challenges of ministry in the church in the current climate. So I actually did my dissertation on a French theologian called Yves Congar, who was really influential in, in Vatican II. But that wasn't really my perspective. I discovered that one of his latest works was a trilogy on the Holy Spirit entitled I Believe in the Holy Spirit. So my question really was, why was an ecclesiologist whose lifelong work was in looking at the church and indeed being sort of contested by the body of the church and being put outside the fold on a number of occasions, but brought back in by John the Twenty Third. Why his final work was this trilogy, which was an amazing work. I went back to the early fathers and so on. And in fact, it now links very closely with what Francis is doing. So it's a great sort of insight into where Francis's drive for um, speaking to the spirit in the church and the people, which really comes from Vatican II. So I'm finding that was really, really helpful. And that was it was a really interesting topic to pursue. It brought you through a lot of different literature. So that's one aspect I think I should mention about the course is that while there's a, a range of subjects offered, sometimes you segue from one to the other and your own interest develops as you go along. And that certainly would be the case of my experience. So it sounds something that's invigorating listening to both of you and sustaining through the times of the slog. Was it hard at times? Well, certainly when COVID hit, it was certainly hard. Um, it was hard to keep the motivation going because you simply didn't have the interaction of your group, for example, because it's a taught them fill. So you're in class with classmates and we set up a Thursday group. So we, we, we all met, you know, before the lectures on Thursday. So we tried to kind of in that way create almost like not a seminar, you know, among ourselves, but certainly a platform where we could say how we're doing and what the and and the group was very you know supportive i think among itself i'm quite a competitive person so I, I, you know i want to do the absolute best i can if i'm going to take on something like this so do i did i satisfy myself all the time probably not could i have done better in certain modules yes possibly probably so self demand you know was a big factor in this and you know at a certain time of your life as well where your mind is not as active as it, uh, it wouldn't absorb as quickly as all the times in your life you think yes but there's other things to compensate for that there's a certain maturity or, or a certain level of consideration which I think you can apply I absolutely adored it because and I'm, I became quite compulsive about it I could not get enough of it I couldn't spend enough time in the library I was mesmerised by the volumes of books and references that were available to us. So I just gobbled up the bibliographies and online resources and all those sorts of things. So if anything, I didn't see my friends probably as often as I should have. So relationships were harder to maintain in that sense. But for that period, you just wanted to kind of get in on it. And as Deirdre says, you know, you find yourself gravitating towards certain aspects of it. And in Rowan Williams, certainly in my dissertation, I felt that I had three kind of descriptors I wanted to use in terms of his work. One was orthodox, one was radical, and the other was unreliable ally. And the unreliable ally subject is really kind of a mesmerising one because, in a way, it comes from the 1930s, pre-Nazi Germany. The church needs to be an unreliable ally in a society. 
So not allied to anybody, no vested interest, standing apart from things. And I think that was very interesting in Rowan Williams's case because he, he is an establishment figure. Less so now, fortunately for him, but as Archbishop of Canterbury he was. So he was in the establishment and yet he had to profess outside it. So I, I loved that notion of you know, that ambiguity of life, which we're all wrestling with. And I absolutely love ambiguity. I don't want emphatic clarity. I want to think that there's always another way to look at something and how that could be evaluated and how you could be challenged by another view. And I think that it was the views that we heard, even among our group, and then from the different key reference sources we, you know, we were led towards. That was key, that our lecturers led us towards reading material which was going to excite our imagination. Yeah. And our thinking. Yeah, I was very struck with the class that there was such a diversity of people in it. And it was very clear that various people were pursuing it for different reasons. One or two were involved in teaching, teaching profession, and they saw it as being something that they could bring for further. I mean, there's a whole issue of being able to address the sort of challenges, the moral challenges of society in a thoughtful and considered way. And so each person was sort of seeking something different. Now, the challenges, I think, for most people were, in fact, the buckling down and getting the reading done ahead of assignments. Also reining in your research, you know, there was knowing when to stop reading and to start writing. And it was... famous such you, she's talking to <laughs> And then also, what was very interesting, and we were given advice on it, theology has to be written in a particular way. It's almost like uh, the written form of sort of uh, discourse or uh, argument. So it's quite a rhetorical sort of subject. And you take a point and then you either explore, is it is it yes or is it no? Um, so, so you have to become a little bit familiar with that as to how to articulate your ideas. And you were helped with that? Yes, there was there was great help with that. There was great assistance from the lecturers in terms of approaching them and finding out what was required. But having said that, you know, it does demand reading, it does demand writing, and it is an academic course. I think that's important to say because it is theology, it is the study of a subject that has, goes back generations, has such a depth and breadth to it. But it's not a course in spirituality. It's not a particularly experiential course. I think some people might go into it expecting almost like a religious experience. It is theology in the Catholic tradition very much. But having said that, you know, you also pursue, particularly in the, in the Bible course, you do read other writers, you know, the likes of Barth and so on, and you investigate other traditions. A lovely lecture from the Eastern Orthodox tradition as well. You know, it's not doctrinal in that sense, um, but it is demanding. And I think, as, 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 as Seamus mentioned, you do have to fall out of your normal cycle of doing things and, and just give it time. But I think the class became very enthusiastic and working with like-minded people or even with diverse people with whom you find you have some commonality actually is really interesting and challenging too. What strikes me from what you've said, Deirdre, is OK then, it isn't about having a spiritual experience mm-hmm. and be clear it's an academic pursuit. Nonetheless, it must change you in some way if you've put two years of your life into something. So I think of Henry Thoreau, I will tell you of a journey that has shaped me. What did it do for you, Seamus? In some ways, I was beginning to read differently. Um, and I was beginning to read material which couldn't be fast read, nothing like that. So suddenly, uh, even with people would say to me, why are you wrestling over that paragraph? And, he, and I said, let me read it to you. 
And they were astonished just at the profundity of what was written. So I think that was one thing. I think it's given me a different perspective on life in a sense. I think I'm possibly a more considered person, I would say. Maybe, maybe. I'm trying to think differently of the world. I'm trying to think differently of the problems that exist in the world. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that matters of faith might be taken more seriously in the world. There's a great disjoint between people of faith and people say, in public life. I mean, that's, this is well discussed in the media. And does it matter? Well, yes, it, it does matter. Is theology politics? No, it's not. But there is a thing called political theology, like feminist theology and so on. Do you expect politicians to fly the flag of theology of their faith? Not necessarily. They're politicians. But at the same time, I suppose there is an expectancy that their belief system, whatever it is, should imbue their aspects and their leadership in public life. So I think those things are important. And for me, I think it's emboldened my expectation in terms of how people live responsible living and you hear these kind of catchphrases like is it cash or people is it profit or people and so on and sometimes it is stark as that you know it's what are the banks aiming for and not just the banks lots of people in commercial life so yeah it does make you look at these things i think differently and another consequence has been my curiosity has been maintained I keep in touch with former students. Uh, there's still an inf- informal communities there of us that try to meet. We do go back to lectures in Loyola because we want to keep in touch with the kind of quality of thinkers that come through Trinity College. Those big issues of like the interaction of theology and public life continues to interest me. And I th- my thinking is coming from uh, more informed positions, I would say. And what about you, Deirdre? What would you say to that question? Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mentioned earlier the module, which is called Violence and Grace in the Human Narrative. And I think it's quite funny when you start studying theology, your friends or family sort of say, oh, that's grand, you lose your faith in the next six months. You know, there's that sort of trope about theology and studying theology. But in fact, I think in looking at the world around us and in looking at the deficit of sort of hope in many people, that you're looking for some congruency, you're looking for what brings it together. I think years ago, uh, Gareth Fitzgerald mentioned the fact that in Ireland we really needed to work towards a sort of a, a central philosophy that we all held, a value system. And I think there's a danger that we're going to have a complete vacuum there based on just n- no shared values into the future. So I think that's something we need to work on. I think many of the of the course, and I would say I was the same, felt that there was a lot of personal growth, a deeper understanding of yourself and of what's around you, and of traditions, because you, you have to go back and not in a superficial way, you have to sort of look at the roots of things and see also where things have developed, perhaps in, inappropriately, that shouldn't have, you know, so... A lot of the discussion at the moment in terms of synodality and what the proposals being put forward, like the role of women in the church, is something that definitely needs investigation. Um, I don't think I, I find myself coming down very strongly on one side or another, but you're very aware of what the questions are. So a real period of growth, I would say, a period of depth. I think it could be of great benefit to people who are, you know, either in the teaching, guidance of other people. Um, it's, it's certainly for anyone who's interested you know, those maybe in parishes who've participated in the synodality uh, and the building hope initiatives and are really interested in perhaps having a further role 
which is yet, as yet undefined, but maybe participating more fully, it certainly would give you, give you a depth from which you can work and that makes it very worthwhile. So, yeah, a wonderful period. Enjoyed Trinity Noen, got to see the Book of Kells several times. <laughs> and you mentioned it this yeah. And you mentioned at the start, like it is a wonderful campus, isn't it? Like in the heart of Dublin and when you go into yeah. that oasis of the quad and yeah. that, it, 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 there is something very special. You feel the weight of history in it. Oh, you do. I mean, the, the campus is beautiful and there are a lot of other ancillary lectures in the college, uh, other departments. You know, the Italian department, for example, would have contributed in relation to an analysis of Dante. There's theological link-ups with other departments. We'd other lectures coming in. We'd a few seminars and external speakers coming in. There's all the activities of the campus anyway that you can enjoy. The librarians are fantastic. There's a great thrill in getting your student card. <laughs> and 10% off in lots of places. <laughs> That's right, you know, and, and the buzz around being there. And it's very invigorating. You know, everybody has to have the space to do it. There's a right time. And certainly, you know, a lot of people's commitments won't allow them to do it. But the fact that it's on just two nights a week, it's on a Monday night and a Thursday night. And it's held in the Loyola Institute, which is very close to the dart end of things, which is, is convenient. And the scope to do the reading, there is scope to do it over two years. So the, in the first year, what you do is attend your lectures, do your modules, do your essays. And then if you're doing it over two years, you do your dissertation in the second year. Whereas Would that work for somebody particularly who, say, was working as well as studying? Yes, quite a few of the class were working and studying. And one of our class was teaching. Another was, there were a few, two civil servants. There were others uh, involved in teaching. Uh, one was in youth ministry. So there was a lot of people with other engagements and involvements. And they definitely found the two years was, was very useful. The course we're speaking of is the MPhil. Now, in addition, there are certificate and diploma levels of entry as well. But they're all postgraduates. So you do need to have a degree before doing any of those. And if somebody... Now I was thinking of it, we'll just talk at the very last about Filthy Lucre. I mean, is it very expensive? Are there grants? Are there subsidies? Yeah, they're the normal fees for postgraduate study in, in Trinity, so they are costly. But the Loyal Institute is very lucky. It was founded by uh, eight congregations together in about roughly 10 years ago. And there are generous scholarships available, which are available on application. So on the Loyola website, if one clicks into the MPhil, there is a tab which shows all the various scholarships. Some are full scholarships. Some have various uh, tags attached. For example, there might be women in ministry. And they are in varying amounts from full scholarships down to a few thousand contribution towards the course itself. People are free to apply to those they're not administered on the basis of academic excellence because I think sometimes if you mention the word scholarship people think it's awarded on academic excellence. No, that's not the case. It's really on the basis of sort of your motivation to apply. So I would encourage anyone who's interested that they could look at the scholarships and make application. Finally, Seamus, if somebody did come to you today, hypothetically walks in and says, tell me why I should do this MPhil in theology, what would you say to them? I think it's hugely rewarding in terms of your curiosity in this field. I think it helps you decide where you're centred, like what matters to you in your life, what are the issues that you feel particularly connected to. It will nourish you in terms of the writings and the scholarship that exists in these particular fields. And I think they will sustain you into the future.